very long story short, we've scaled rapidly in the space. So we actually work directly with teachers on our nonprofit side um, during the school day, right? So you're an eighth grader in Los Angeles. You come to third period, the same way your first and second period for science and math were provided to you by Pearson, let's say. You have entrepreneurship class provided to you by We Thrive, right? Our students are building real companies, earning real revenues for the products and services that they create. And more importantly, getting an opportunity to participate in tomorrow's economy. Damn givers from all over the world, welcome to Let's Give a Damn. My name is Nick LaPara, and each week, as always, on this show, I bring you stories of amazing damn givers from all walks of life, from all over the world, so that you'll be inspired to give more dams than ever before. This week's podcast episode is week four of a five-part series I'm doing in partnership with my friends at the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Global Initiative University to bring you the stories of five young, amazing, ridiculously talented leaders that have completed their CGIU program and have gone on to create beautiful, meaningful projects, companies, and organizations. They've been amazing so far, and I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest. But before that, I've begun each one of these episodes in this series with a short conversation I had with Chelsea Clinton in the middle of a gym while I was at CGIU 2018 as she gives her vision for CGIU and explains a little bit about who these young people are. So before I introduce today's guest to you, here's friend of the podcast and fellow damn giver, Chelsea Clinton. Welcome back. Thanks thank for being you. a return guest, albeit very briefly, to the well, podcast. Well, thank you, Nick, so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be back. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so what is, for those listening on the podcast, what is CGIU and what particularly is happening this week at CGIU 2018? So CGIU, we're, this is our 11 CGIU, and it's the Clinton Initiative uh, University, and we kind of bring together young change makers from around the world. So this weekend, we have more than 1,100 students um, from more than 100 countries representing more than 300 colleges and universities. And while the majority are undergrads, we also have quite a few graduate students. Uh, you know, even here from the University of Chicago, we have students from the college, from the School of Public Health, from the medical school, the law school. And what um, kind of unifies all the students is that every student comes individually or uh, often even more commonly collectively with you know two or three others with a commitment, with a real um, action plan or kind of in more corporate language, like a business plan for how they're going to scale what they're already doing or how they're going to start something that they want to do, whether that is getting rid of food waste on their college campus or figuring out how to get healthcare to every homeless person in Florida or how to ensure that um, every kind of young kid in elementary and middle school here on the south side of Chicago ultimately has access to kind of um, public speaking and debate skills coaching. So just anything that kind of you could think of as a challenge that you might have seen like in your own school or community experience, someone at CGIU this year, maybe in years past, is trying to tackle in a new and innovative way in their own lives. Yeah, that's beautiful. And how many years? So this is our 11th. 11th year. So what is the the effect, the aftermath? You went into a little bit of it, but if you could quantify or put metrics to it, what is the aftermath of this amazing event once they get released out into the world, <laughs> Back as into it the were? World. Yeah. Um, well, one effect is that we have this incredibly um, robust alumni network um, that 
you know, is more than 10,000 strong, like after this weekend. And um, we try to help facilitate alums to stay not only kind of in touch with people that they met this weekend, but also to connect with previous CGIU alums, because oftentimes they can not only kind of learn from each other's experiences, how do you scale, how do you start to manage a team once kind of you're the entrepreneur who mm. can't do it alone. So things like that is also like some of the younger CGIU students helping some of the you know older, although I'm, I'm still older than all of them, so that kind of feels strange to say, but like, you know, some of the yeah, ones right. from more years past to think mm -hmm. like, how do you use social media? So it's a really amazing, like catalytic and collaborative network across the alums from kind of different generations of, of CGIU classes. And um, more than half of the students continue to send us their progress reports, which is really exciting. So to your point about um, kind of quantification. We have a real sense of, you know, now the thousands of commitments that have been made, the impact um, that they're having. And, you know, some students have really focused on, like, I want to help, like, every um, girl who went to my high school to figure out how to navigate applying for scholarships in the way that I was really thankfully successfully able to do. And so you have some people who say, like, I've now helped, like, 30 girls in my school. And then you have, you know, other people who have helped you know, weed out um, like literally hundreds of thousands of like fake drugs in West Africa. Right? Yeah. So you have different scales of impact, but it's all profoundly important because it's every commitment is helping affect like real people's lives in very real and tangible ways. Yeah, and then I was just talking with Christine Schindler and she was saying how that she's been here for, you know, coming back for many, many years. And now and she she's on stage. She was here in 2012. Right, yeah. yeah, so now she's talking on stage and she's seeing and meeting, seeing people that she's mentored. And so you have that kind of like, they're growing up together and they're not leading each other. So that's gotta be really, it's really meaningful. Cool. So how can Let's Give a Damn listeners, they're gonna be listening to five weeks of interviews from this event. How can they support these young people? So I think uh, if they're really inspired by the individual young people, I hope that they'll support them directly. Yeah. Right. And because, you know, Christine is a great example. I mean, she has both the work that she started at CGIU to help, you know, initially when she was at Duke, um, kind of middle school girls kind of from the communities I'm sure she talked about, like get involved in engineering projects so they understood like engineering was about like making things and making things better and wasn't kind of this scary thing. Yep. And now she's scaled that to multiple chapters at multiple colleges and universities around the country. Like if you're really inspired by that, um, like reach out to her and I'm sure she can help you like give time or expertise or if you are able and interested like financial support to help start a chapter in a school that may not have one or help expand a chapter if there's a school that you care about kind of nearby. So I think there are really tangible ways um, to be involved and if you're interested in kind of CGIU broadly, like we're always looking for for mentors and new partners. I mean, we're thrilled to have kind of for the first time this year, IBM here to really help um, cool. provide like some of their like best like tech leads who are literally here spending time with students who have like more tech-based projects. You know, these students now have access to like three days worth of these IBM. That's incredible. Like technologists who are telling them like, this is really feasible. This is maybe not feasible. Here's a better way to think about it. So if you have like energy and expertise and you're willing to spend a weekend with us, like get in touch and we'll invite you next year. Awesome. Well, you're awesome. Thanks well, for all the work that you do. And thank thanks you, for Nick. joining me again well, on the podcast. Thanks for coming. It's my pleasure today to introduce to you Daquan Oliver. 
I had a blast chatting with him. Several times during our chat, I distinctly remember thinking, I wish we could talk for hours. I think we have lots and lots to chat about. Daquan is the founder and CEO of We Thrive. We Thrive equips and empowers low-income 7th to 10th grade youth to rise as entrepreneurial economic leaders. They know very well what so many of us know, that if you give these kids the resources and opportunities they need, they will blow our freaking minds with what they are capable of accomplishing. So you're gonna wanna stick around to hear more about what We Thrive is doing. Daquan has been selected to the Forbes 30 under 30 list. He's been an echoing green fellow. He's been featured in Black Enterprise, Boston Business Journal, Boston Innos 25 under 25. He has delivered a TEDx talk on actionable strategies to overcome structural violence, and he has been recognized by former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton for his work. Let's get right into my short but meaningful conversation with Daquan Oliver. Daquan Oliver, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You uh, spoke earlier on the main stage, is that correct? That's correct. And tell me about that experience. I've asked everybody, we've done the five kind of honorees that talked so far. Yes. And um, it's gotta be a great feeling, right? You were, you were here back in 2013, started your commitment, yeah. and now you're on stage sharing about it. That's gotta be cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's a really fun full circle moment. Yeah, I'm sure. Even though this is my first time on this campus, you know, the scene of CGIU banners on a college campus and just seeing like the, any plenary, it feels like nostalgia from 2013, especially because 2013 was actually Midwest as well. So we were in St. Louis, you know, so it was a very similar, very vibe. full circle, very full yeah. circle, you know, so it's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Before we get into uh, We Thrive and all the work that you're doing, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give, give us some context for how you became who you are today, people, places, things, whatever comes to mind. Mm -hmm. I would say high level, right? We're talking about interlinked resources, interlinked opportunities. We're talking about mentors, people who believed, people who supported. All of that. All of Whatever that. comes to mind. If I were to say, like, who made you? Um, I would say my mom. <laughs> right? Great place to start. In every way, right? Yeah. So my mother has, um, she wouldn't call it sacrifice, but done a lot to make sure that no obstacle stopped me, that um, no teacher who didn't believe in me stopped me. I was always an honor roll student since the honor roll came out. Little things like that. I was an All-American in track. My mother took me off the track team when I brought home a B plus. Oh, boy. Right? So, like, wow. that's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And so, um, I think just that commitment to excellence has, you know, even though, as you imagine, I got to go off the track team, it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I'm on the track team. I was angry <laughs> and me and my mother argued about it, right? Yeah. Um, but looking yeah, back- Yeah, you didn't just say, yes, ma'am. Yeah, like, off. yes, ma'am. All right, I'm off the track team now, right? Yeah. So, um, looking back, though, past that initial conflict, right? Uh, it's a part of my mentality, right? So, you know, these days when something, you know, doesn't go my way, you can just bet I'm pulling an all-nighter, right? And so that's just become a part of my approach to this. When we, when we have the question of, you know, how did I get here? It's a lot of hard work. Um, it's endless all-nighters. Um, I actually just came from Columbia right now um, where, like, barely got really much sleep, just still grinding throughout. And even, even in between sessions just before now, just catching up real quick on yep. just like sending some investors some questions, et cetera. And so it's just making sure that um, because I come to this work with so much passion, so much heart for the community I'm doing this for, that I show up, 
and what it means to show up. Yeah, it's beautiful. So mom is the main one, and that's a really great place to start. 100%. Anyone else come to mind or anything else? It doesn't have to be a, a person. It could be a, a place that shaped you. I would say also just growing up in between New Rochelle and Mount Vernon in New York, mm. right? So um, for anyone who knows about those communities, um, you know, so Mount Vernon is a, a lot under-resourced community, very strongly. Um, at one point, it was facing like their sports program, getting cut, so on and so forth. Grew up mostly in New Rochelle, but mostly during my high school years in Mount Vernon. Um, stayed in New Rochelle School District, however, because I took the bus from Mount Vernon to New Rochelle um, each morning during high school. We're talking about a 12-minute bus ride. Gaps of opportunity because in New Rochelle, much more better funded school system, mm. um, much, much better pipeline into the best schools, et cetera, et cetera. And I think like little things like that, and there are many things like that um, that I can point to that taught me the value of one, what an opportunity is, right? Because I, you know, there's nothing like needing to take a bus in the morning to another city that shows you like the depth and gap of opportunity. And I think little things like that in my personal journey were very apparent to me that I'm just really hyped for. Again, back to my mom, you know, my mom was not going to allow me to go to my in high school, for example, right? Um, and so- She wanted more for you. 100%. You know, my mom demanded excellence from me, right? I love that. Um, yeah. That's part of the place, right? Now, that's not to say New Rochelle's all roses either. People don't understand New Rochelle is actually a large city. So on one end, you have the north end. That's where all of the wealth is concentrated. On the south end, you have food stamps, you have welfare, you have immigrant parents, so on and so forth. Um, and so even in that city, it's funny how the two middle schools are separated, Abba learning on one side, Isaac E. Young on the other side. And even that, how opportunity um, in the same city <laughs> isn't afforded to the same kids in the same city. So again, I can go on and on about the little things that um, were just put so front and center in my face as a kid that... Social justice, depth of opportunity were just always in my mind growing up, right? They, they, there was no other option because I was directly facing it. Let's talk about your, the commitment you made 2013. What was that commitment? What has happened since then? What has it turned into? What is the work that you're doing? Yeah, so it's so funny. In 2013, I would say like I had a giant dream, a giant ambition, and I believed fully in myself to be able to accomplish it. Um, what I had nothing of was the resources, the tools, the know-how, the peer network. Um, and in 2013, I came here and began my journey to accomplish those things, right? Um, I always tell people CGRU was the first resource for us in learning the know-how, right? I didn't know anything about a theory of change, impact metrics, et cetera, that, yeah. right? Got at CGRU, right? I was on the webinar, on the phone call as they were walking through the slides. I was like, oh, all right, I begin to get this, right? We didn't have a name for this until um, I applied back in 2013, right? And so I would say not only that, but it just was the first thing to give me affirmation, right? Which is so important as a young mm, so, leader, yeah, important, right? Because you're a young leader, you're saying you have all this craziness, like that you're trying to change and it's possible and you may believe it's possible, but Maybe every adult person tells you it's not, right? And that was the case for us as well. And um, CJU was that entity that was saying, no, you can do it. Here are some tools and resources. And here's some, you know, here's about 100 peers, right? There's a, a thousand here, right? More than a thousand. But here's 100 peers that you'll personally connect with that you can build with. And, you know, since coming there, 
even today, you know, I've connected with a lot of friends. Um, monthly basis, I see someone from CGIU. I talk with someone from That's CGIU. Really cool. You know, and so it really is this jumpstart social entrepreneur peer network that um, I've built with in so many ways. In every vulnerable way, personal way, like trying to figure out little things that we might be both challenged with. And so, you know, along the way, of course, you know, I became an Echo and Green fellow as well. So Echo and Green is a major funder in the yep. network. And, and they then gave me an even... Uh, more concentrated community of entrepreneurs I now call family as well. It's beautiful. 100%. Um, and a bunch of other things in between, right? So you have to get foundation funders. You have to get corporate funders. WeWork is one of our favorite partners and everything, you know? So they 100% also believe and support the mission that we're striving towards. Uh, we just recently got Forbes during the 30 last year. And so little things like that, you know, start snowballing. But really people don't realize, oh, it was back in junior year when I first had to like create an application Think about things you never even thought about before, learn things, and then those things start snowballing from that moment. Um, and that first snowball, you know, when we talk about learning capacity building and, and building um, excellence in the social entrepreneurship space, really they start for me personally at CGIU, right? And so um, those tools go a long way. Beautiful. We Thrive, a uh, beautiful project and nonprofit. Tell me what's going on. So high level, ed tech, K-12 entrepreneurship education. Right, started out as a nonprofit. We have now formed a hybrid entity. Right now, um, our for-profit side, our C Corp side, actually um, provides all-in-one program management software for um, other organizations and direct services. Very long story short, we've scaled rapidly in the space. So we actually work directly with teachers on our nonprofit side um, during the school day. Right, so you're an eighth grader in Los Angeles. You come to third period, the same way your first and second period for science and math were provided to you by Pearson, let's say. You have entrepreneurship class provided to you by We Thrive, right? Mm. Our students are building real companies, earning real revenues for the products and services that they create. And more importantly, getting an opportunity to participate in tomorrow's economy. And when we say that, it's not just about building companies. They actually learn, for example, how to build their own advisors or mentors. They actually do cash flow budgeting, right? And so... Things like building social capital are taught nowhere in society, unfortunately, right? But what we say is, if we're talking about systemic level of impact, then that needs to be capacity building as a habit. And so this capacity building piece in this minor example is about building social capital. And so how do you find and build advisors moving forward? And there's a lot I can say about that, but that's part of what We Thrive is about. Um, our hybrid side is really exciting just because it's about collective impact. And so the biggest thing that's exciting there is that, if you look at something like the App Store, right? You download Uber, you download Pandora, or let's say you download like uh, Apple Music for some reason, right? Now, within that, imagine picking up three little blocks, right, for each of those different apps. And every time you want to use one of those blocks, you need, to, you need to go find it in your closet, use it, because it's not on your phone. That's the social sector, right? If you want to enroll like a student in Big Brothers Big Sisters and a local STEM program and an arts program and get a mentor, there are these three little blocks that are not at all connected, mm. right? even though... For most kids, they're a part of those four programs. What we're doing is, um, because individual orgs are using our program management software, right, we're actually putting a high, a hub level onto that platform where now it's not just you as a parent, a teacher, or a student are using that through our mobile app and web app, but you're also able to find other things in your community as well, right? So now you as a parent, you're not going to your fridge, you're not going to your text, you're not going to your email to figure out, hey, when do I pick up my kid, how things are going, but it's all in one place. And in that way, we're doing a lot of cool stuff around, well, how do you actually double up impact 
from these organizations, the things, that, the data that we're getting. It's a little complicated where we're, we just launched and um, there's some exciting things, but you know, language is even still working around there because we're still getting newfound insight from our orgs, from our parents around the value that they see. And so that's, that's the most exciting thing is that we're really productizing collective impact in that way putting everything in one place and then immediately getting into it. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. I mean, it's it's amazing and it's a big idea. Mm-hmm. Um, put some numbers to it. Put some mm-hmm. metrics to it. Like what is, what, what effect are you all having? Like where are you working? Yeah. Like what's 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 that all about right now? So our hybrid side is just launching, right? So that's private beta. Yep. Our entrepreneurship side, we have now worked with over 2,500 youth participants um, throughout 12 major cities. Uh, we worked over 50 schools. We're during the school day. Right. So again, back to systemic impact. Yeah. Um, we're not after school, though I do think systemic impact can happen after school. Um, we just found that it wasn't the right place for us. We not only work with schools, but we also work with community-based organizations, which is important to make sure that you as a student, maybe you can't take in your school, you can still take in your community. And you know, really being where you are. Over the past three years since we've been operating, we've shown that our students are not only progressing on um, research-backed indicators of long-term success, right? So Things like how do students perform with things like grit, perseverance, self-agency. There's a lot of in-the-weeds tools that we use, things like um, the general self-efficacy scale, et cetera. Without going too deep into those tools, the, the thing that matters is that those tools um, have existed for decades and research back to show that students who achieve you know, high standard scores on these tools are significantly more likely to um, break the cycle of poverty. Um, more than 90% of our students excel on that, um, whereas none of them pass when they enter our program, right? And so that's the importance is that what we say is grades are important 100%. We show improvement there too. What we really get excited about is saying, listen, in the United States, grades for under-resourced communities are far from everything that they need. In fact, research shows that it's really the things like self-agency, perseverance, et cetera, that are the larger predictors of long-term mm. success. And those are the things our students are exceeding on. Um, we've had students finish program, go on to deliver TED Talks. We've had student, more than 80% of students after graduating We Thrive, they start up their own company or continue running it. Right. And, and those are measures to say this student hasn't just ran through this program and been forced to run a company. They've been able to adopt the skills. They're running it by themselves and they're continuing to build with their peers. Right. And so those are things that we get excited about is that our data is showing that not only are students doing well during program, but when they leave, they're continuing to drive impact um, wherever they go with whomever they're with. Right. And, and that's what we believe like we really need to focus on. So there's a lot I can say about that. Hell yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. A little more general, based on your experience and your leadership and all the things you've gone through. Uh, for those listening, let's give a damn family, I call them. Yeah. Uh, they are already giving a damn or want to give a damn. They're people that want to change the world. They want to change their world. What's one or two pieces of advice, just very general, you know, to use the language of CGI, turning ideas into action, to use my language, giving a damn, just some general advice based on what you've learned to make that happen. Yeah. So I love the, I love to give a damn as well. And so within that, I would say, you know, advice generally, I personally always strive to stay away from, to be honest with you. Right. So for me, I love to dig into specifics and we're talking about specifics. I think one of the things that jump out to me is I have a very unique path, but so does every single person. Right. And so there's things that are important, things like work hard, right? Like I, as I mentioned, I'm pulling on that all the time, right? That is my path. I know plenty of other successful people that they will never pull on all nighter, yeah, yeah. but they're crushing yep. it, 
right? That's one of the biggest things that I always say is listening to podcasts like these, reading other books, et cetera, other resources, really take it like a piecemeal and build your own menu kind of thing. Because I do think one of the one of the things that I find when I speak with individuals who are asking for advice is sometimes a too willingness to listen. And I've also seen that to be detrimental. And I, I would say take agency into your own hands is, is the general advice I would give and yeah. say, that's amazing for that person. Will it work for me? Yep. Right. And that, that's yep. the advice I would give. Because if you do that, then you can't fail. Yeah. That's really solid. You're going to die. I'm going to die. We're all going to die. That's <laughs> inevitable. Could be five minutes from now. Could be 80 years. Hopefully it's 100. Um, hopefully it's 100 years. If, if Elon Musk can hurry up and figure out how to make that happen for us, 100, 120, who knows? Bottom line, we're all going to die. What do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to really be about uh, my community's legacy, right? So in an ideal world- There you go. Ideal world, like, you know, there's like a textbook and like- like maybe it mentions Daquan, but really it mentions like another movement that like other people are caring for it, right? For me, if I'm able to kickstart, not just one person, it can't be one person, I don't even want that, right? It has to be like thousands, millions of individuals who are crushing it and making whatever I'm doing right now look irrelevant, right? Like right now I'm 26, maybe there's a 20 year old, right? Maybe there's like other like millions of 20 year olds that are crushing it and carrying forth this, like that's really the end game. Right is especially for the community I come from, Black male American, in the United States. Um, there's a lot of things we're consistently told we can't do. We have to look a certain way, have to dress a certain way to change, quote unquote. Yeah. And I think like if there were a movement of individuals in my community that were just like making everything I'm doing look irrelevant, like that would be the dopest legacy. I'm so excited for the work that you're doing. Keep going. We're cheering you on. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Today. Thank you. Friends, it was so much fun to chat with Daquan. I hope you're encouraged by his vision for his life and legacy. I hope you learned something. I know I did. To find more information and all web and social media links for this podcast conversation and all the others, go to podcast.letsgiveadam.com. I sincerely thank you for the ways you continue to support this show. You're helping us keep the lights on week after week, month after month. So keep up the good work. Tell a friend, leave a five-star rating and review, you can also give a dollar or five at patreon.com slash let's give a damn. This podcast episode was edited and produced by the incredible Chad Snavely. The music is by our brilliant artist and friend, Propaganda. Thank you so much for joining me. Can't wait to spend more time with you next week for the fifth and final podcast conversation in our Clinton Global Initiative series. I love you all. Peace. Peace.